folks for the processional the family has requested a congregational singing of greatest thy faithfulness so if you'll take your bulletin and just print it for you in there if we'll stand together now for the singing Man, you may be seated. On behalf of the family of Miss Marion Weigel, thank you for coming this morning in love and support of her family as we have gathered to comfort them and to remember the precious life and faith of Miss Marion. Miss Marion was a faithful member of this church. And she loved this church, and the church loved her in return. And she was active in worship and Sunday school weekly prayer meetings, and the women's ministry. I think one of the things she took greatest pride in was for several years she orchestrated a National Day of Prayer service for all the local churches to gather together to pray during that time. And her ministry will long be remembered here at Bethel ARP. But as we are here in an ARP church for an ARP member, we are reminded that in our 
ARP tradition and also in the Christian Reformed tradition, we understand that a worship, I'm sorry, we understand a funeral service is a worship service for the glory of God. It's a worship of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because it is a triune God who created all things. He is the one who gives life, and he is the one who gives life purpose. And it is this same God who will lovingly and graciously call his people to go home with him at just the right time. So it is to him that we give all glory and honor this day and our worship on this occasion and all the days and occasions of our lives. But we also worship because of the joy and hope that Miss Marion, along with all other Christians, find in their Lord and Savior. We worship because we know that for Miss Marion, this is not the end of her story. This is not even the end of her life because her faith is in the Lord, the one who loved her and saved her from her sins, the one who gives all of his people eternal life through faith in who he is and what he has done for his people. We worship because as followers of Jesus Christ, that is what we want to do even in our time of grief. So I encourage each and every one of you to have that same mind of spirit, mind and spirit worship this morning, which is the very same mind and spirit of worship that Miss Marion has even right now. So with that in mind, join me now as we pray. Oh God, our Father in heaven, we praise you that we have this beautiful day to gather together to worship you and to remember the life and the faith that you entrusted to our loved one, our friend, Miss Marion McMaster Weigel. We are thankful for the life that you gave her and that she was known as some here as mom and others as sister, some as grandmother and great-grandmother, others as friend. But we are most thankful that you, O oh God, know Marion as your beloved and precious daughter, the one you so loved that you sent your only son to be her salvation so that she could be your eternal daughter. We praise you. We know that she is now with you and free of any pain or ailments. And she is basking in the glory of the Trinity, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what a joy that must be for her and for all of your saints. But Father, we also pray for your comfort. Your comfort only you as our Heavenly Father can provide. For that peace that surpasses all understanding and for the understanding that all things are under your control and that all things work together according to your will and to the good of those who love you. Thank you that we have this chance to worship you through song and prayer, your word and your word explained. So even as we grieve, help us to find peace in you as we worship you and worship you alone. Guide us in this. Strengthen us in this. Give us peace and contentment in this. And so we pray all this in the name of your son, the one who was born and died for his people and was resurrected for your glory, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In our Reformed tradition, we have confessions and catechisms to help us understand and memorize what Scripture teaches. And one of those beloved catechisms is the Heidelberg Catechism. And it begins with this question and answer. What is your only comfort in life and death? That I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and he has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my Heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head, Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. What great comfort we find in Scripture on the life and death of a Christian. Now, let's continue to do that this morning as we look now to the Old Testament. I had a chance to spend some time with Miss Mar with, Marion this past Friday morning, and as good ARPs, one of the first things we did is we read the Psalms. And one of the first Psalms we turned to was Psalm 23, because it has been a Psalm of great comfort for God's people since David wrote it down so many years ago. I will read it for us in the King James Version, 
because this psalm just sounds better in the King James Version. But if you know it, no matter the translation, I encourage you to say along with me so we can continue to comfort Miss Miriam's family in this time and find comfort in these words as well. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jack and Gordon shared how in the final days they spent with, her, with their mother, they would read scripture with her. And one of the passages that she enjoyed was from the book of Nehemiah, which providentially is the book we have been studying on Sunday mornings here. We find in Nehemiah 9.17 these words, You are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and you did not forsake them. And it was great comfort to Ms. Marion. And the final psalm I had the privilege of reading with her was Psalm 121. This is the psalm that the Israelites would sing as they made their way up the mountain to Jerusalem to worship at the temple. It is their pilgrimage psalm. So this psalm is also Miss Marian's pilgrimage psalm. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. If you would find a red hymnal in the pew around you, and let's turn to number 139 for our hymn of comfort this morning. Red hymnal number 139, Blessed Assurance, and we will stand together.
You may be seated. As we find comfort in the truth of Scripture, and we've read from the Old Testament, we turn now to the New Testament. Again, these are passages that the family chose, and we turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Jesus says to his disciples, and by extension, he says to us, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How, how can we know that way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Then we look at John chapter 16, verse 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And then we end with that great gospel truth that Paul shares in the book of Romans as he is going through this wonderful theology. It brings him to this point of praise we find in Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a wonderful truth. And that is true for Miss Marion even this day. If you will take again your, your bulletin, and we will have our hymn of praise, Amazing Grace. You'll find that on the insert in your bulletin, Amazing Grace. And we will stand together now for the singing of this hymn.
You may be seated. And this time I believe some of the family would like to make some remarks. Like Gordon, I had to write my things out because I was going in about a thousand different directions. You know, what could I say? And um, about mom, and I know that uh, what Gordon said sums up so much in the scripture that's been read and things that will be said. I could just bathe in it. I feel like I don't have to say anything. I'm used to mom, you know, I'm just used to her being here, and um, it's so, uh, you know, and I, I was thinking about her too, and I was thinking, okay, this is such a ministry to me, and I, what I wrote out was a good bit, but I knew I could get through it and read it, if you'd bear with me, 
I think I just need to because I was struggling with it even here because I know we'll hear from others too and I so long to do that but I'm just going to go ahead and if I need to stop and um, and and go in a different you know just stop it I will but there are a few things that I just want to bring and I can abridge this and you might be thankful that I do but I do want to share some of it with you at least First, I want to tell you how salvation came to mom's household. And we did have a happy household. You know, I love my mom. Gordon loved his mom. Reese loved her mom. But I want to tell you about how salvation came to mom's household. Gordon and I were visiting mom for the weekend. We were amazed to find out that both of us had prayed to receive Christ recently. Gordon was at MUSC, and I was at Carolina. This took place in the late spring of 1974. Soon after this, our sister Reese and mom came to Christ, and our household was changed. And I find it very comforting to remember how God has been so merciful and faithful to mom and us and our respective families. Reese went home to be with the Lord in 1985, and she had been such a godly example to us all. I know I speak for family and all who knew Mom that there is great, great comfort in knowing Mom has been reunited with her precious daughter, whom she had missed so much. And we praise God for that. Just a few weeks ago, I was talking with Mom and happened to share my favorite verse with her. The verse is John 16, 33, and it was read earlier. And it's proved very appropriate for this time. And it reads, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you have peace, in the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. These were the last words that Christ spoke to his disciples before he delivered his high priestly prayer in John 17. And you're familiar with the whole upper room, the, the greater context, the greater picture of John 13 through 17, where Jesus is speaking with his disciples. Now this is where I'm going to cut it short. I have a lot, and if you want to talk to me about it later, we can. And if you want to, maybe it... Uh, but I trust the Lord will use this. He's using it in my life. And um, there was a word, there's the word in John 16, 33, tribulation. And a lot of times we think of the great tribulation, when we hear the word tribulation, we think of something, it's a theological term that we, it's, it's, it's huge in its scale, but it's not directly applying to us. And I'm just paraphrasing what I'm saying okay and it becomes removed it's a theological term the great tribulation but tribulation Jesus is speaking to his disciples you will have tribulation he's speaking to us as well tribulation trouble distress in the Greek word there's a picture that it paints of the crushing of grapes being crushed Tribulation came across the threshold of mom's house back in, in, a, in an intense way, pretty much, at the beginning of May. Tribulation came. And um, we suffered when mom suffered, but we never despaired. Because if we go back to that verse, he says that in me, these things as he's telling his disciples who would have their collective and individual tribulations. You and I, and we thank you for being here, you have your tribulations. You have tribulation, trouble, distress. But the words of Jesus, the perfect words of Jesus tell us that we may have peace He didn't say if you have tribulation. He didn't say if. We will. 
And there was tribulation here with the trouble with mom, her suffering. But at the same time, we had the peace because Jesus has overcome the world. And as it was read, too, in the upper room, that he goes to prepare a place for us. Those in Christ, those in Christ are assured of a place at home with him. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, Mom, I think would be proud of me for cutting this a little bit shorter. I do want to tell you that we did a lot of, uh, she would call me, I have to tell you this, that she did like Bible study. She loved Bible study with her circle. She would have loved probing this verse with me more. And I'm, she loved the Bible study. And she loved talking. And I, the countless phone calls that I get, Jack, what about this? Giving, you know, exchanges of input. But um, I think the message has been clear. What Gordon has said and what the scripture has told us. And Father, I want to go into prayer and pray in just a second. But I just want us to, to know and to celebrate the fact that through all the trouble that we have, and Mom has gone home, that we can find that perfect peace, not as the world gives. It's transient, temporal, but that perfect peace, even when we're feeling crushed. Thank you for being here for us, and we're here for you too. Let me just pray. Father, I just feel we know that you're here among us and Father thank you for taking care of us for holding us up Father we thank you especially for the fact that mom is at home with you and Father may we rest in that and may we know too that uh, even facing tribulation trouble of all kinds that even crushes us. It could be physically, mentally, emotionally. But Father, we can take heart and have peace in you. You do hold us up. Father, thank you for that. And I pray for my friends here that they would leave this place, leave this, this service, seeking you, seeking your peace. And Father, again, we pray that... Uh, you would go through the rest of the service. May you be glorified by what you have done for us, what you continue to do for us, and for the hope that we have, the perfect hope, as Gordon said, that doesn't disappoint that we have in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I wrote mine out too. Um, my name is Brindley, and I am one of Marion's granddaughters. And as I was reflecting on what I would say, um, it struck me that Mama and I were 55 years apart. But it never felt like that. She was my confidant, she was my friend. My Mama could do anything. I remember when, we were, when I was little, um, I had a dog that I loved so much. Her name was Molly. And Molly was bad. And Molly escaped, and I was so worried because Molly was in Winsboro. She was not in Manning. She was not going to know how to get home. And Mama got in her white car. She sped off. And I was like, there's no way. Like, and I was 10. I'm thinking, this is hopeless. Well, minutes later, that car zips back into the driveway on Carlo Court. And I didn't see Molly, but then the car stopped and Molly's head popped up. My favorite childhood memories happened here. We'd wake up to the smell of fried eggs and grits and sausage. I didn't like sausage, but Mama made me eat it. Um, 
because we had a full day ahead. We would go to the pool. She'd pack a cooler with squeezes, and she would rub sunscreen on me and Margaret so hard that I thought I was going to get a sunburn just from her rubbing the sunscreen on. We'd go to Hoots for lunch, grilled cheese and vegetable soup. We'd go see Aunt Norval and play Go Fish. We would go to, if Mama was feeling really adventurous, she knew how much I loved horses, but she was very risk averse for me in particular, my siblings, and she, uh, if we were feeling really adventurous, we would go to Norval Sutton house, Sutton's house, nor me, and get on a horse. We go to the library and check out books. We go to Belk, and, uh, and she would try clothes on me, even though I was like, Mama, can we go in the dressing room? Um, I said, oh, let's just do that real fast, real fast. Um, At night, or when we come home, we'd read the books. Like, we'd curl up, read the books that we got from the library. And Mama would do her crossword puzzle. She'd have her glasses on, and she'd be back in her room. We'd eat dinner, and then she would come out. We would watch I Love Lucy together or something funny, and she would laugh. They say that you miss the little things. I miss it every When they talk about the census, I missed her calling me yesterday. It was my birthday. Her reaching over and patting my arm. Her homemade peppermint patties. I know that y'all all experienced Mama's baking and those peppermint patties at Christmas. She'd keep them in tins, and you'd have to be really quiet if you wanted to open up another one because she'd be like, now, Brinley, how many did you have? So you had to be very quiet. In college, we, I even met her at the cafeteria at the Richland Mall. Not my favorite place to go as a college student, but we would meet there and still have our time together. She never let me leave the house without a little gas money and a snack. So in the pews, you can't leave today without a little snack. There's Andy's mints. There's 80 packs of them, so I believe there's enough for everyone. You have to take them or I will, you know, chase you down and make sure you have that because that's what Mama would want. Mama loved mint. I want to be like Mama when I'm a grandmother, if I have that opportunity. She was so proud of her family and she loved everyone in this room. I know that there will be plenty of days that we all miss her. And I'm just grateful that I had the time with her that I did. And I one day look forward to being like Mama and loving everyone and giving, not letting my grandchildren leave without some gas money and some snacks. I urge you today, if you haven't shared with your family, with your children, with your grandchildren, share those precious memories, because Mama did that for me. I know my family. I know them very well. I'm so grateful for that. We are not promised tomorrow, so do it today. Thank you. The scripture we want to share is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. 
Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Those are the words of comfort that Paul writes to believers who grieve the loss of a loved one. He offered Christians the hope of seeing each other once again in heaven, something that definitely comforts me. I do not know the kind of pain Mama endured when she lost her daughter, our aunt, Reese, so many years ago. I pray I never know that kind of unimaginable suffering. What I do know is that Mama was a strong woman of deep Christian faith, and I know that she firmly held tight to the belief that one day she and Reese would be reunited in all of heaven's abundant glory. As we grieve our loss here on earth, I take comfort in the prospect that Mama has finally gotten her long-awaited, joyous reunion with her Reese, and that they are loving each other in the presence of our Lord just as they loved each other on earth. So nervous, like talking in front of people. Um, I'm Margaret, um, uh, Marion's granddaughter. Um, there's one thing I can tell you about my mama is how much she loved being a mama. My favorite memories. We're spent in Winsboro. Brinley and I, like she said, we would come here and we would stay with her. And she would take us everywhere. And when we were here, we felt like celebrities. <laughs> she would just love showing us off. She would take us to the tavern. She would take us to Hoots, to the library, to the country club into church. I vividly remember us getting a grilled cheese with chips and a pickle from Hoots and her fussing that the, the waiter carried the styrofoam cups with his fingers in the, in the cups. <laughs> and now that I'm older, I understand why she, she fussed. She would drive to Manning and get us peach milkshakes before taking us to piano lessons. When we'd come visit, Brinley remembers the fried eggs. I remember the powdered donuts and the mini boxes of assorted cereals. <laughs> she can make a bagged salad taste like it was from a five-star restaurant. I still can't make it like she makes it. We'd always have dessert, always have strawberries and blueberries with sugar on them, lemon sorbet, or a single-serve Mrs. Edwards pie. Lemon, of course. She was the best. And she also had a gift. She could always tell when you had gum in your mouth in church. <laughs> I'd hide it under my tongue, chew once thinking she wasn't going to see me, and I would feel her looking at me, and I'd look over and she'd say, and to this day, I do not chew gum in church. She made us feel so special and so loved. She never missed a birthday, never missed a chance to check on me and my life, my kids, and never missed an opportunity to honk at the car in front of her even though the light was still red. <laughs> and if you rode with her, you know. I know in so many ways I'm like her. I'm almost certain I get my strong-willed personality from her, and I'm so thankful for that, although I'm sure at times Ryan isn't. <laughs> the best compliment I've ever gotten is that I look like her. She was the most stunning person I've ever seen. I could gush about her forever. Her style, 
I'm actually wearing her shoes. Her taste, her beauty, couldn't ask for a better mama. And I miss every part of her, especially the way she said my name. My Margaret. I'm grateful for the 35 years I got with her. <coughs> and my favorite part about my life is my family. And I'm so thankful that she's a part of me. And I just can't wait to see her again. Well, how do you follow that up? <laughs> it's, it's been said, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. Thank you all for those remarks and sharing those memories. Very normal, natural when we come to an occasion like this. When a loved one dies, that we start thinking back our favorite memories of them. And we start thinking about, in some ways, how to summarize that person. It's a very hard thing to do. How, how, do, you, how do you take a, a, a person and make a greatest hits album album, so to speak? There's so much to a person. There was, there was so much to Miss Marion. As you've all heard some parts of her. How do we distill her to, to a few moments? How do you describe her, the smile she gives you, she at you at the side of her eye? And, how you describe all that? We can't. We just kind of pull out some of those highlights. One of the highlights for me about Miss Marion was she was a convicted person. I don't mean that legally. I don't think she was ever in jail. <laughs> she was. She never shared that story with me, but she had a number of personal convictions. She had her political convictions. You go to her house for no more than five minutes, you would know what her political convictions were. Her TV usually stayed on one news channel. You knew where she stood. She had her family convictions, we just heard. She was proud to be a McMaster. She knew the family history. She could take you through the family tree. She could tell you about the different homes in the family. She loved being a McMaster. She was also very convicted to pray. We heard, was it, Gordon, you messed up and said the wrong thing about prayer around her. It's not the least we could do, it's the best we could do. And she was known, as we mentioned earlier, that for several years she put together an ecumenical prayer service for many of our downtown churches. And when she was able, she would come to our Wednesday night prayer services. And when we would get to the point of asking for prayer requests, you know, as we were sitting here at chapel, she'd be sitting in the back row and you'd see her hand and finger come up and she'd say, we need to pray for our nation. And every time I'd visit, she would make sure that I prayed for her. She was convicted of love for her family. She loved her family. And Jack and Gordon, she would beam with pride when she talked about y'all. And no matter how old you got, she would worry about y'all driving at night. That just fretted her to no end. So please stop driving at night. It would wreck your mother. She loved Reese. I never had the privilege of knowing Reese. She talked about her all the time. Would always tear up. Loved her. And loved talking especially about Reese's love for Christ and how she radiated that love. She loved her, grand her grandchildren. She loved your children. Again, beaming with pride. Not long after I, I got here, I walked into her house one day to visit with her. And right there on the table uh, was a magazine. Uh, I believe it was a Carolina or Columbia uh, magazine. And I'm sorry, I forget which, which of you was on the cover of that magazine. Brindley. But she had it right there where you saw it when you walked in. She, you were going to see this magazine. And if you didn't, she was going to point it out to you. And tell you, that was her granddaughter on the cover of that magazine. And more importantly, Miss Marion was convicted of God's love for her. As Laurie said, she knew she was a sinner. And she knew she needed the grace of God and Jesus Christ. And she was thankful 
for that, for that, for she was thankful that God made that grace known to her. She knew that wonderful biblical truth that God first loved her and pursued her and called her to be his eternal daughter. And one of the things I, I so appreciate about Miss Mary, and, 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 and y'all have already touched on this, she never pretended to be perfect. She never felt that need to keep up some sort of veneer that everything was fine and okay. She didn't want to be the, the Winsboro Mary Poppins where it, she was nearly perfect in every way. No, she was very open that she was a sinner. She was a sinner who needed Jesus even on her best of days. And so that enabled us to have wonderful conversations about some of the difficulties that come with the Christian faith. These difficulties that the Psalms cover of, of, of fear, of worry, of anxiety. That, that you would have these dark nights of the soul. Miss Marion never pretended like that didn't happen to her. She was very open about it. And that enabled us to have these wonderful conversations about God's word to find comfort in passages such as Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. You know, what a wonderful gospel balm that is for the Christian soul, especially in those darkest of nights. We also talk about Psalm 130. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. This is one of Martin Luther's favorite psalms because it brought him such comfort because he too understood the reality of the Christian life. You could struggle, you could have fear, you could have anxiety. But just as sure as the sun would rise in the morning, so you knew God's love and grace was always there for you. Even the darkest of night, when it's that darkest before dawn, when our soul is anguished and weighed down with the burdens of the world, we can trust in God. Because as sure as the sun will rise in the morning, as sure his love and grace will always be there for us. And that was the balm of the soul that Miss Marion knew she needed. That was the gospel that brought her to salvation and brought her to Jesus every day. And so with that knowledge of God's grace, that grace and salvation and that grace in life, she knew the sweetness of being in the family of God. As much as she loved being a McMaster, she loved even more knowing that she was now in the family of God. We think of Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 where he tells us that in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. And that was the truth of Miss Marion's life. She had now been adopted into the family of God. And because of that, she knew that one day she would see her parents and siblings again because they too were adopted into that same family of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And as we talked about that tribulation of, of losing her daughter, she held on to that when she thought of Reese. And can y'all imagine how sweet of a reunion it was for mo mother and daughter this past Sunday morning? Not only is mother and daughter, but more importantly, sisters in Christ who have now been reunited in their Savior. That was the truth, and that is the truth for her life. More than being a McMaster or being a McManus, or whatever our earthly name may be, it is far better to be listed in the family tree of the Lamb. And Miss Marion knows the full reality of that even on this day. And it would be good for us to know that same truth as well. That to be in the Lord, to know that you have received and rested upon Jesus Christ alone for salvation as he has been offered in gospel is better than anything else. It is far better than any name, any heritage, any social position. It is far better to be listed in the family tree of the Lamb. A week from today is Thanksgiving. And the one objective truth we should be most thankful for is that salvation can only be found in Jesus Christ so that we know even in our darkest of times that God loves us. Jesus has saved us, and the Spirit is guiding us. That assurance that the triumph God is at work in our lives. And how wonderful of a thanksgiving it will be for Miss Marion. And the full reality of the truth of 
the gospel. That it is far better to be in the Lord, to know that you have received and rested upon Jesus Christ alone for salvation as he's been offered in gospel, far better to be in the Lord in that way than anything else. And so we praise God that this is the truth of Miss Marian's life. And may it be the truth for all of our lives. So on that day when we die, our families and friends can gather and they can rejoice knowing exactly who we are and who we belong to and where we are. Join me as we pray. Oh Lord our God, we thank you that the gospel is so good. That good news of Jesus Christ that brings us to salvation and sustains us day after day after day. To know that we are so loved by the Father, by the Son, and by the Holy Spirit. That the triumph God is always at work in our lives. Even in the darkest of times, Lord, we praise you for that truth. And I pray for everyone who is here this morning that our faith is in that truth. We thank you that is the faith that you entrusted to Miss Marion. May it be the same faith you entrust to all of us here. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn of hope is found in your red hymnal number 91. A mighty fortress is our God. Red hymnal number 91, and we will stand together.
Amen. And our service will conclude at the graveside.